Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. I haven't been to Rangiora since I've been a little kipper. I was that high and about that wide, but anyway, um, my auntie used to call me a a dear little square boy, but anyway, um, (laughs) she was kind, she meant it nicely. But anyway, um, I was here in the old days of Lowburn camps. I don't know if you remember them. Way, way back, uh, Pastor Peter Morrow and uh, had Violet Kitely, Charlotte Baker, all those sort of speakers came in and had a profound effect too uh, on our movement and on the nation. So Rangiora is a great place, beautiful place. Can we shift here? Oh, is there a beach here? Oh, there is beaches here, isn't there? So, um, <laughs> no snapper. Ah. You get snapper, don't you? You've got a freezer full of them, just about. Come up, come up and visit us in Papamoa. I've got to say it rightly. I had a job at the Electoral Commission, so I had to learn properly how to pronounce Maori names. And so I really need to do that. Like Talronga is not Talronga, Talronga, apparently. But anyway, um, what was I saying? <laughs> Uh, I'll get carried away. I am online, so uh, it's great to be able to talk to people who are in their living rooms as well, or wherever you are. Um, I hope this message that we're going to bring uh, helps you as well. In January this year, we were at XO Church in Invercargill. That's our old church, by the way. That's where we met and had three of our four children. And um, we went to the actual uh, street corner where we had our first kiss. I know. I know. <laughs> it almost took a photo. Anyway, fast forward 45 years almost, and here we have, we've grown from two of us to 20 of us. Wow. So, um, so that's in Gisborne, you can tell by the clothes we're wearing. Uh, and, uh, and so I'll just get this going here. Oh, no, yeah, that's us being a bit crazy. So if you go back, if you go back to the first one, that'll be great. I'll just get that. But anyway, uh, the, the guy with the cap in the back over there is my oldest. That's Ben. He's got four children. He's a teacher. There's teachers all through our children. Uh, and his wife is a vet. That's, him, that's her next door on this side. And then Anna is the next child um, there, right in the middle at the top. And her and Hagen next to her have three boys. They're in uh, Mungafai. And then we have David, who's a miracle. Come and talk to me about him one day. Uh, David and Joe is the one over here who goes 10-pin bowling. I don't know why, but anyway, um, I shouldn't say that. But that's Joe, and they have two children. Then our youngest wasn't there for this particular one, uh, and that's Mark. He's head of department uh, digital in Freiburg High School, Palmerston North. So both David and Mark are in Palmerston North. So there's 20 of us. Um, now, and who knows, it could be, it could be uh, more. Now, I don't want to say this to boast, by the way, but the four children are still walking with the Lord. And I, uh, I call that a miracle. Um, it's, it's because they, they are, and they're, they're all attending church, they're all doing that. And I'm not saying that to make people feel bad that haven't got children in that way, but uh, it really was God's grace. It was his doing. And the thing, I love your uh, theme, the gospel of salvation, because the thing that I want to start with today is the greatest miracle that you and I can ever have is the miracle of salvation. 
You could be raised from the dead. You could have miracles in your finances. You could have miracles in your health or your business or your relationships. And they're all valid and great because we sing about miracles. But the greatest miracle is when you open your heart, the door of your heart, and ask Jesus to come in and save you. And to, it, it, Yeah, that's worth a clap. Uh, in other words, to touch eternity now. You see, when... You walk into the room, we sung it before, everything changes. And when I was an eight-year-old kid, I was at the Apostolic Church in Dunedin. We're from, I'm from Dunedin, by the way, the youngest of five children. And Anne-Marie's the oldest of ten children from Ojai. She's a coal miner's daughter. I don't know if anyone knows where Ojai is. It's in deep Southland next, near Nightcaps. And you probably don't know where Nightcaps is. But anyway, it's, it's down that way. And... Um, uh, so, so, uh, so when I was an eight-year-old child, I, I went forward to a message on David and Goliath at the Apostolic Church in Dunedin and gave my heart to Jesus. And uh, ever since that time, I wasn't an assassin or a bank robber or you know, a drug cartel or anything like that, <laughs> not at eight years of age. <laughs> but I knew because I knew that everything would change because he's walked into this room. Yeah. There's the room there. Everything changes, and um, uh, you know, and both in this life and the life to come. And what it meant for me, it wasn't just a momentary thing because we are, we were saved, we are being saved, we are going to be saved. So it wasn't just a, a, a momentary thing. It was into the future. I knew that the things that I could do because I love sport. Emery will tell you that I just love sport. I love uh, fishing. I love uh, things like, um, you know, recreation and stuff like that. I love music. A lot of my life, you'll remember this, Lynn, over the years, have been worship leading and playing instruments. That, that's been my life. I've loved it. But there were pathways after I gave my life to the Lord that I could have gone on, but I knew that my heart was surrendered to him forever. Yeah. Forever. And uh, it says in John 3.16, see, it's opening the door of your heart and letting the light flood in to the darkness. Death is overcome by life. Everything changes. It may not feel that way in some respects, but inside you have become a new creation. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. Everyone say gift. Gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. And if you're looking online today or in this auditorium and you know you, you feel the drawing, your heart is going even now, you feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit to come and meet him, today is a good day to meet him because today is the day of salvation. And, uh, and so um, uh, I want to talk to you on the subject of the power of salvation. That's my subject today, the power of salvation. And uh, from about 2007, I just want to bring you a story about that, 2008, the government of the day introduced into New Zealand Bhutanese refugees, families that came into New Zealand. They were resettled in Christchurch and in Palmerston North. Their language was Nepali, and they had spent decades in Nepal in camps, and many of the children were born in there. They were Bhutanese ethnicity, but they were speaking Nepali. Most of them were Hindu, a very small minority Christian, some Muslim, and other religions as well. One family had 
two of their teenage daughters, and I won't use her real name for the sake of today, we'll just call her Sup, S-U-P, and her sister came to the Lord. They came to our youth group in Life Church in Palmerston North, and uh, uh, and served in the church. They were ushering. They were doing all sorts of things. Sup was diagnosed with brain with a brain tumor at that time. Now, at the same time, her family, who we didn't really know too much about, or families, if you like, because they're a wider sort of family, uh, were living in a in a Crew Crescent area in Palmerston North. If you know the the area, there's state houses there. They put them into state houses, and they had a vehicle. Uh, parked normally outside their house. And one night, at the same time that we, this was diagnosed with their daughter, a guy came round the corner in his car, hit a rock, a decorative rock, in the middle of the road. It launched and then crashed into their car, riding it off. And the guy was killed. Uh, it was, he wasn't one of the beauty's refugees. He was just a random guy that came, that came round too fast. And, um, and so, um, to cut a long story short, we had as a church, felt great compassion to, the, to these families because they'd had two big whammies. And whammies come in life, by the way. Yeah. Life can be unfair, by the way, but God is not. God is just. But anyway, we felt a compassion towards this family, and so we took up an impromptu offering. I don't know if you've ever done that. Uh, for a new car for them because the car wasn't insured. And uh, uh, we raised about $4,000 one Sunday, and some of our people went out and bought them a car, and they were astounded. They were absolutely astounded. So a few years go by, and I'm trying to keep the story succinct because there's a lot to it, and the prognosis for Sup was not good. She needed a miracle to stay alive. She got baptized at Life Church in February 2017, but she passed away 10 months later as about a 20-year-old. Uh, in Christmas time, 2017, she loved the Lord. Her in her last days, she had scriptures all around the place. She couldn't stop talking about Jesus. Uh, we took the service, but we're also the undertakers, so um, they didn't go to an undertaker. So there was a, a lot of work that we had to do around Christmas time for that. Here's the interesting part: Sapna, uh, her father, Paul, we'll, we'll call him, was a Hindu priest. He was head of a number of families, so it was an extended family, not like Kiwi families. And he had a room in the house full of idols that he would go and pray to. Anyway, a, a few months before Sapna's death, uh, he called me around to his house. And they were, you've got to understand, they were learning English at the same time. And, and he sat me down. He said, I want to become a Christian. I nearly fell off my seat. <laughs> Pardon? Say that again. He said, I want to get baptized, and, I want, and there were 12, 12 of us. Sorry, I get a bit emotional. 12 of us. And, and anyway, um, the interesting, one of the interesting things was, he said, I've got the $4,000 to give you back. Amazing. I don't know whether it was a test or not. But anyway, I, I said, no, 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 there was a gift. No, no, I didn't even know it was $4,000. I've forgotten all about it. I didn't even know what he was talking about for a while. But anyway, um, so we baptized the family. We started on the roadway of uh, discipling them. Uh, very interesting. Um, they, they said, shall we change our names? Shall, and the woman asked, shall we, do we, are we allowed to wear jewelry? You know, we had funny questions like that. And, and they asked also about, because we buried Sup. 
And they said, well, if we don't do a, um, a cremation, uh, then in our thing, she'll come out of the grave and cause trouble in our homes. And I said, no, 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 Paul. She's in heaven now. She, she's there. She's rejoicing. She's, her, that doesn't happen. No way. And uh, um, so there was deliverance as well. There were times we prayed for him and he, could, he, he collapsed just about, not the way that we know, but he was tormented. And so we had to deliver him uh, or pray for him to be delivered. Uh, he said something interesting, though. He said that the nightmares are decreasing and the darkness is going. And, sorry, we were stunned. We were absolutely stunned. Because when you give your life to Jesus, the darkness goes. When you open the door of your heart where there is darkness, light comes in. It reveals things. It's amazing. And in this family's life, it was a wider family. And I don't mean to get all teary. I, I, said, I said to myself, don't, when you tell the story, don't do this, but sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. Oh, good. I'm not alone then. <laughs> it's the air conditioning. There's something in my eye. I'm, we're staying in the Egan's places. They're on a farm. There's, something, there's a chip in my eye. A bit of muesli. <laughs> but this family is still walking with the Lord today, and they're being discipled all the time, all the way through, and it's fun. It's like the world has come to us in, in a little old New Zealand. And as the hymn writer put it, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene. How marvelous, how wonderful and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Folks, do not underestimate salvation. The writer to the Hebrews said, How shall we neglect so great a salvation? It's incredible. It is life-changing. One of my favorite Bible characters is Joseph. And when you track the life of Joseph... You see a perfect example or, or type of the believer. And whenever I read the story of Joseph, I've read it many, many times. I get goosebumps on my goosebumps, a wee bit like I have just now. Um, and um, it's like reading this, a movie in brilliant Technicolor. In fact, uh, they had a musical years ago. I don't know if any of you remember this. Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. And I had the record. A record is a vinyl thing with, with a hole in the middle. <laughs> Then they went to tape. A tape is it? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but I remember getting a large group of kids together at King's High School in Dunedin during lunchtime, just at sort of like a Christian Endeavor class, I suppose, and putting this record on, giving them Psychom-styled notes. That's photocopied, I mean. Um, you can smell the, whatever it is. Uh, and, and we sat there all lunchtime and listened to the story of Joseph. You know, and with, with uh, I won't put my collar up like Elvis, but they had Pharaoh like Elvis. Well, I was wandering along the banks of the river when seven fat cows come on, on out of the night. <laughs> Don't get carried away, Ralph. All right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love Joseph. You know why? Because he was between a rock and a hard place. How he overcome, if you think you're from a dysfunctional family, read about his family. How he overcome great odds. His brothers were bullies. If you've ever been bullied, 
read about Joseph. His brothers gave him a hard time. They wanted to kill him. They sold him off as a slave. And then it comes to that incredible moment at the, at the end of, his, of, of, uh, of the whole story where Joseph becomes eventually the prime minister of Egypt and he holds one of the greatest powerful positions in the, whole, in the global world at that point. And how he forgives his brothers. You see, there's another message I bring, and it may not this time, but uh, it's the power of a sweet spirit. How do you keep a sweet spirit when things are unfair and unjust in your life? How do you do that? And Joseph was, a, was the epitome of keeping something right in here through injustice and hard times and how um, many things had happened to him. And his story can be told in the coats that he wore. I know that sounds unusual, but his story can be told in the coats that he wore. Um, he wore, first of all, the coat of many colors, which could, uh, could be called the coat of salvation. He wore uh, the coat that Potiphar's wife tore off him when, he tried to, when she tried to get him to commit adultery with her. For the, uh, and for the sake of this parallel story that I'm, I'm bringing, it was the coat of Christian character. And then there was finally the coat that Pharaoh put on him when he became the second most powerful man in Egypt. After he'd been forgotten, he went to prison and uh, interpreted dreams, uh, and, but he was forgotten in there. And then somehow he was remembered and he was brought to Pharaoh and Pharaoh put the coat and we call that the coat of the overcomer, the coat of salvation, the coat of Christian character, three coats and the coat of the overcomer. I'm going to spend most of the time that we have left on the coat of salvation because that's the theme. And uh, uh, the story is a message to you and I on how to overcome no matter what life throws at us. So let's look at, first of all, if you have your Bibles, the, the, the scripture will be up on the screen as well. In Genesis 37, verse uh, 3. Now, Israel, or Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children. There's favoritism for a start, anyway. Because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. It's the coat in our parallel story of salvation. And the first thing to notice is that it was a gift from the Father. It was a gift from the Father. Notice that Joseph never paid a penny for it. There was no striving. He never provided one inch of fabric or a button or a zip or a, or a cuff or anything. He never provided anything for it because it was a total gift. And when you're talking in Thrive Church about the, the theme of the gospel of salvation, it is a gift. And we get, many, we get confused years after we give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ because we revert, revert in our fallen state to trying to earn our salvation all the time. You can't do it. You're already saved. Amen? He did nothing to contribute to the coat. It's a beautiful picture of salvation. And 21 times... In the New Testament, uh, salvation is called the gift of God. No one in this room will stand before God and say, when we're looking at salvation, look what Jesus and I did. It's look what he did. I don't know about you, but I can sense relief in a room like this for myself as well. Absolute relief. I know this is basic stuff, but we need sometimes to know the very foundation of why we walk with, with Jesus 
and that is because we have received. Um, uh, you know, you can you can, you can't you can produce you can't produce one cent's worth of your salvation. That would make you a co-redeemer of Jesus Christ, and it nullifies the work of the cross. That's why when someone comes to the Lord, you don't add anything. Oh, you should worship on a certain day. You should uh, look at that version, but not that version. You should do this. You should eat this food. You never, ever add anything. Just come to Jesus just as you are, as that old hymn says. Just as I, I am without one plea. Jesus, I come. So many times I find, particularly, and I have a lot to do with men as well, that they feel disqualified because of, and they won't say it. Often, they feel disqualified because they're not good enough. You don't have to be good enough. Come to him. If you're online looking now and you're in your, in your living room and you do not know him, come to him just as you are. It's a free gift. We are called to love and magnify our God, aren't we? How can we do this if we think somehow God is not for us? He's for us. When we come and worship, we can be a bit plastic at times. I mean, we, we put on the garment of praise. I know that. And I'm not being critical here. But sometimes we think, well, I'm a mess on the inside. Why are you a mess? You've got this free gift of salvation. You are worth it because he's made you worthy. Amen. Isn't that good news? It's, uh, Ephesians, in the message translation, says this. Uh, Saving is all his idea. <laughs> and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. (laughs) And that's that scripture for by grace you're saved. So if you're new here and you haven't seen anything like this, even online, you may not understand all of what I'm talking about or all the words that I've used, but the good news is what's called the gospel, that you can receive Jesus, hope for now and hope for eternity. When one day you're in that little box and everyone's crying because you're going, you can receive assurance right now that you know where you're going for eternal, eternity. Eternity is mentioned many times, even in that John 3.16 scripture we used before. Number two, second point today, It was unique. Unique. Everyone say unique. Unique. It was called the coat of many colors. It was skillfully pieced together by the hand of the Father. The Father put it together from the beginning. The Father had a plan. It is uniquely yours. And we know that there's only one way through the door of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying anything else about that. But But we know that there's many, many, many pathways that we can come because God shapes the salvation uh, walk, if you like, for you. He gives you a coat of many colors that fits you nicely. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And, it, and it's colorful. It's just made for you. You know, when we get to heaven, he's going to write our names, our new name. He's, he's, he loves us individually. Yes, he loves the nations. Yes, he loves New Zealand and the cities. He loves Rangiora. He loves uh, all those sort of places, but he loves you as a person. Never, ever forget this message. Young people, never forget that. Because in our darkest times, we can forget that. It's uniquely yours. It was designed for you. 
when saving you, our God has a way of making you sense that you are the only person in the universe. It's all for you. Customised and fitting perfectly. Amory, would you like to come up? And My pathway is a lot different than Amory's pathway in coming to Jesus. And so come up and you don't mind her giving her testimony? That's great. So we all have a story, and we have, a, as Ralph said, we all have a coat that fits us and fits us neatly. Um, my story is a little bit different to Ralph's, but uh, in the same, at the end, Jesus walked into the room. So um, it's, it is the same, the fact that um, when we come to salvation, Jesus walks into the room. So I grew up in a home, as Ralph said, 10 children. My mum was a believer in, and parents were believers in God. Mum actually said when she was very young, that she'll have many, as many children as God would give her, and he gave her 10. So, yeah, so that was great fun growing up in a home like that. So I went to a church school, and that taught me lots about Jesus and lots of stories about God and Christian martyrs and saints and traditions of the church. But I always had a longing in my heart to really know God deeply and really actually know if he is real and um, I didn't quite get that from the church that I went to. I'd feel real close to God in the church service. And when I left the church service, it was like, oh, he's far away. So I pursued that on and off in my heart um, all the way through my schooling and into uh, high school, which is at a boarding school. Uh, and then I got to 16, 17, and I kind of forgot about God. It drifted away. And all the things I knew couldn't be living couldn't get me living like a Christian. I was not quite good enough. And at that point, I was nursing, and so I was in a nurse's hostel. And these lovely kids were around 17, 18. And these lovely girls would talk about Jesus as if he was in the room with us. And that was really new to me. And it used to annoy me because um, I had more doctrine than they had, and I thought I was right. So I would argue with them a little bit. And then one night, uh, by the time I had realized that I couldn't do this Christian thing by myself, I didn't have any power, I couldn't touch God, I didn't know he was real, um, I had an argument with a, somebody who was quoting scripture at me, ran to my room, fell to my knees, said to Jesus in my room in the nurse's hostel, Jesus, if you are real, I will serve you for the rest of my life. If you can show me that you are real. And Jesus walked into the room. I was so, so powerful. I just couldn't actually believe it. Actually, I knew it was Jesus. And so it was the power of God and the presence of God I found out later um, that totally changed me when Jesus walked into the room. And then there was many, many adventures after that because there's 51 years of adventures after that. <laughs> She's put up with me for so long. <laughs> So um, the third point is it had total coverage. Nothing is left out, and I think we've got a picture up there of what the coat could have looked like, uh, according to scholars, and that was that it covered right down everywhere, right down to the ground. It wasn't a partial coat. It was a full coverage. Nothing was left out. Um, The coat that saved Joseph was blood stained, and if you read the story, they put the blood of a goat on the on his coat and went back to the father and said he's dead. He's been killed by a wild animal. These are the bully brothers, uh, and uh, our coat our coat is blood stained, people. 
On that cross, on, God, on that hill in Calvary, he shed his blood for you and I. By what our coat is stained by what Jesus did dying on the cross by the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And you might think I'm an old fuddy-duddy here, but some of the great hymn writers knew what they were talking about. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not the part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Incredible, incredible coverage. There, this... Um, this uh, Christian walk that we've got, this walk with Jesus Christ is not a part-time existence like Amory described in her testimony. It's not go out of this, uh, do everything right in front of other Christians on a Sunday and go out and live whatever way you want to out there. You are covered. The coverage is total. And it goes into my next point. And I can ask the band perhaps to come up now. The coat was worn everywhere. I would have thought that Joseph, when he got this coat, would have put it back in the cupboard because it was a precious coat. But it wasn't. He took it out with him. He wore it everywhere. You wear it in your workplace. You wear it in your schools. You wear it with your families. I don't mean that you uh, uh, hammer the gospel down people's throat. I'm not talking about that. But your countenance will draw questions because they know that through your, the struggles that you have that you're an overcomer. And uh, so the coat was worn everywhere. Uh, and the last thing today as we come to a close, the coat became part of who Joseph was. It's no longer a sort of a gift that you put on anymore. It's a gift indeed, but it becomes part of who you are. And then you walk into eternity one day. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.